Welcome to The Scoop, brought to you by Indeed, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Scoop. I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren. We are your Veronica Corningstone and Ron Burgundy of TA News. Yes, yes, we are. It's been a massive, massive week in talent acquisition news, hasn't it? Oh, we do have quite a bit. We can definitely tell that everyone's back from holidays here in Australia and New Zealand for sure. So you want to kick us off? I can do that for you. No problem at all. So the first headline I've got is out of the Washington Post, actually. So, yeah, we're going to be global on this one, Pete. The headline is, no office mandates don't help companies make more money, a study finds. Mm. So new research shows that a return to office mandates don't play any role in a company's financial performance, but do have a negative side effect for their workforce. Almost four years since the coronavirus pandemic sent people to work from home in record numbers, US employers are still struggling to get people back into the office, but I think that's a global yeah, problem. definitely. So um, Mark Ma, co-author of the study and associate professor at the Katz Graduate School of Business, additionally mandates additionally mandates more make workers less happy, therefore less productive and more likely to look for a new job. Ah, I know. And the study analysed a sample of Standard and Poor's 500 firms to explore the effects of office mandates, including average change in quarterly results and company stock prices. Those were resulted and compared the change of companies with office mandates and the outcome over a four-year sample, over 457 firms, um, nothing changed. Nothing. Between those who mandate it and those who don't. I think it just... It's a tough call. I think that uh, I think hybrid's the way to go, and I, yeah, I'm a huge yeah. advocate of that. Uh, giving people some options, uh, having an anchor day in the office, and, and look, grads—they need to be in the office. They learn. It's like osmosis for them. Mm. They learn from mm. watching people, mm. and they hear mm. overhear conversations, and they ask questions. So I get that part of it. Um, you need to be able to incorporate some of it, though. Look, hey, it's a work in progress for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. It is, and um, I think all sorts of studies are going to come out over the next few years, and then we'll bounce. We'll bounce on what the, you know, the effects and what the benefits are of each side. But at the end of the day, hybrid is going to be the way to go. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. I think if you are going to force people to be back in the office five days a week, you're going to lose staff. And I think staff that think that they can be 100% remote. Yeah, they're kidding themselves. They are kidding themselves, for mm. want of a better term, because like some people who are extremely brilliant at what they do and can call the shots in what they do in their career, they will get those options. But we are the mere mortals. We are not those geniuses. So us mere mortals have to learn to work in a hybrid environment. And if you think going to work two or three days a week in the office is too freaking hard, I think you need to have a look in the mirror. I totally agree. Hey, my first one today is from The Verge and also it was in Recruiting Brain Food. Google spent billions of dollars to lay people off. I'll tell you, Google spent $2.1 billion dollars on severance and other expenses as it laid off more than 12,000 employees over the course of last year. 
and the layoff charges keep coming in just one month in 2024. So that's January, just gone. The company has already spent an additional $700 million in one month on employee severance charges as parts of layoffs. Jesus Christ on a bike. Mm -hmm. And despite these cuts, Google ended up 2023 with growth across most of its core business lines. They posted $86 billion in revenue for the fourth quarter of 2023, so just one quarter, a 13% increase year on year. It's digital ads, cloud computing business, and also investments in generative AI are what driving the revenue. So my question is, Lauren, is Google willing to wear $2.1 billion in costs from layoffs because it knows that not only AI will replace these people, but it also its generative AI revenue is a better horse to back than more people in the office? Okay. I'm going to throw a question at you about that. Uh-huh. Is, is it about the AI or is it because they overhired post-pandemic like most people did? We all know that they everyone overhired or and everyone paid too much for the talent that was out there because mm. they were competing. We know that. We know this is a correction. Uh, but 2.1 billion dollars in severance is a But big when you're number. making 86 billion in a quarter, it's a fucking piss in the ocean. Isn't it? Well, I'd love to make just a little bit of 86 billion a quarter. Just a little bit of that. Look, just Throw me half a billion, I won't talk shit about you, Google. How's that sound? <laughs> Pay off. We'll take bribes. Ooh, <laughs> Cash for comments. Cash for comments. <laughs> Where's a <the> whiteboard? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I've got one for you. Seven in ten Australians are proud of their organisation, according to HR Director magazine. Nearly seven in ten employees across Australia are proud to work for the organisation they're in. As a new Ipsos survey revealed, they're enjoying a positive workplace culture. Now, they didn't really survey a lot of people, only a thousand people. Mm. Uh, Australians revealed that 69% feel proud to where they were, of the where they work, and they think it's a great place. And this comes as 72% of Australians said they have a positive workplace culture, with 34% describing their employers as friendly. That's good. That is nice. I'd like to see a bigger survey amount, though. Yeah, and, and the their boss is not standing in the back behind them while they answered the survey. That would be good, too. Mm. We don't know about that. No, but, uh, no, no. I'd like to see bigger survey numbers, and I'd like to know what the demographic was. It doesn't really go into it in the article, but yeah, that's okay. And, and the industries and those sorts mm. of things that were but covered. Yeah, that's a, that's a positive thing. It's very positive. Mm. I've got one from our partners, Indeed. According to new research by the Global Job Site, Australians want the option whether or not to work on public holidays. They reckon 68% of their respondents said that workers should have the option to swap any public holiday for a different day off with the King's Birthday, Labor Day, Christmas Day, Easter Monday and Anzac Day among those holidays workers would like the option of working those if offered. Mm. In Victoria, 40% of workers would like the option to work on Melbourne Cup Day. While 30- I get that. 35% would be happy to work through the AFL Grand Final Friday. I get that too. Mm, so when business is able to offer flexible leave, it can provide a number of benefits. Indeed's workplace expert Lauren Anderson explains, it enables workers to observe days of personal or religious significance to them. Three out of five workers say they would be more likely to work for an employer who offers a flexible leave policy. Therefore, in a market with labour shortages in many industries, 
flexible can be an attractive benefit. And we'll link that survey in the show notes. What do you I, think? I think it's a great idea, especially uh, if you want to observe, say, Greek Easter always comes at a different time to the Christian Easter. Mm. Uh, and you've also got Eid and a lot of our Muslim friends like to observe some holidays around that time and Ramadan. So I think that that's a great idea. I think that it's definitely got wings. Yeah. I think there are going to be a few drawbacks on industry, because yeah. you're going to look at certain industries who have fought, who are heavily unionised, have probably fought very hard for particular holidays, um, and I don't think that that's in their EBAs is going to be able to be changed. But also, when you've got the majority of the country shutting down over Christmas. It's very difficult to say, yeah, yeah, you can work if you're in a particular industry where you're going to be having to rely on sales or different types of Mm -hmm. things in that. I think that that can make it difficult. So I I think it's going to be an industry by industry thing, but I think it's a very good perk. But while we're talking about our partners indeed, there was an article yesterday in Shortlist that they've gone, job ads are on the rise again, which is a great positive look. So there's no significant downturn anytime soon, they're forecasting. So it rose by 1.7% in January, according to seasonally adjusted figures released yesterday. So that's despite a 15.5% decrease from November 2022 at its peak, but job ads are still up 39.9% higher than pre-pandemic levels, according to this report. Wow. Wow, So I think we've got a good year ahead of us, and I'm going to stay pretty positive on this, Mm. peeps, because I want to see everyone winning this year. Yeah. I really do. And no negativity is creeping in on me right now. Yeah. We are only in February. I think (laughs) I reckon there might be a slow build to end a financial year, like just a yep. little bit of positivity, a little bit of positivity, and then I'm tipping the last two quarters of the calendar year this year are going to be really good. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? It would be. It would be. I want to go into next Christmas knowing I've had a magnificent year. I'm not stressed and cranky like I was at the end of last year. You cranky? I was cranky as shit the end of last year. Oh, no. Never. You never were. (laughs) Hey, I've got a question firstly for our listeners and then we'll just drill down a bit. Listeners, who would you like to see as a cast member for the next series of Married at First Sight? Oh, Jesus. I think you all know where I'm heading here. Now, MAPS has been on my TV at at home for the last week or so and I've hesitantly given it a cursory view. I wasn't watching it intently, more my wife. But the more I've watched it, the more I think – you, Lauren, should apply for the next series. Fuck off, Craig. Just imagine you going toe-to-toe with some swami baby boomer. It would be Logie-esque. And even though dinner parties, the commitment ceremonies would be an added bonus. But seriously, we're always looking for ways to promote Tarpod, and this could be the biggest way to do it all. So, listeners, if you think Lauren... You're going to put a LinkedIn survey out on this, aren't you, bastard? Yeah. If you'd like to see Lauren on Maths next season, show your support on socials. We'll start a campaign. We'll do a survey. And who knows, Loz, you just might find your life partner. I'll just let you all know I've never actually watched Maths. And Craig is in his happy place right now. (laughs) So, no, I've never watched Maths. I refuse to watch it. I don't feel that my personal life would need to be on display (laughs) in a public forum like that. It's all very above board. And I'm in a relationship with you, Craig. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So everyone reckons, everyone. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, I bet you enjoyed that. (laughs) 
But anyway, my next article coming out of HR Director magazine again, New Zealand, our brothers and sisters across the ditch, are hiking their minimum wage to 23.15 starting on April 1. So the adult minimum wage in New Zealand will see a cautious 2% increase to 23.15 an hour starting on April 1, according to the Workplace Relations and Safety Minister, Brooke Van Velden. The increase is expected to benefit about 80,000 and 145, between 80,000 and 145,000 employees. So I think that's a good thing. It is a good thing, but 2% is probably not keeping up with inflation, is it? Well, it's better than none. I've been talking to a few people out there who are struggling now and I spoke to a guy last week. He hasn't had a pay rise in five years. Unbelievable. And he's looking for a new job because his employer came to him and said, how can we keep you? And he said, I'll be honest, it's straight down the line, a pay rise. Mm, mm. A pay rise. And he said, well, no, that's not on the cards at the moment. And he hasn't had a pay rise in five years. So it's you've got to watch your people out there. They're going to go looking. The cost of living is hurting. And if you're only reviewing your salaries annually and not keeping up with market rates and not benchmarking – I think you're going to have a big turnover. Yeah, that's something that we both definitely agree on. I just think that Mm. businesses who aren't salary benchmarking, who do not know what the market is paying for the roles they've got, uh, and and even if they do, if they're not looking for at least other benefits to help, Mm. they're they're going to lose stuff. They are. They are. It's – Everyone's hurting at the moment. Yep. Everyone's hurting. And we've had just had the stage three tax cuts have just been uh, changed. Yes, mm. it's great for the lower in middle income earners, but they've already received tax cuts in stage one and two. Mm. So, mm. and honestly, $150,000, if we look at someone who's earning that much money at the moment, some of them are just making ends meet yeah. on that amount. So I think that they need to start looking at benchmarking. The government has to benchmark even the tax rates and the tax brackets, perhaps maybe keeping them in line with CPI Yeah. instead of being the last time they reviewed that particular tax bracket was 2008. Craziness. So Craziness. It, it is. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Events. Ooh, hey, hey, before we go on to events, how was the event last week at Melbourne <gasps> oh, Recruit Up Meetup? The Melbourne Rec Meetup, the first one. It was really good. It's one of the best panel discussions I've ever seen. Great. So I, yeah. How wow. were the pizzas? Pizza was good. Yes. Pizza was always good. But it was a great panel discuss- discussion. I met some new people. I uh, oh, Yeah, had a great time. It was I really did notice, nice. actually, um, when I was registering, which was very, very late, and I'm sorry I couldn't make it in, but um, I noticed when I was going through the registrations that I reckon, guessing, I would say 30% said this is the first time they were attending a Melbourne Rec Meetup. Event. So yeah, I met some new people. I saw some old faces as well. Met some new people, um, and it's really good to see the community growing mm. across the mm. rec meetups because it's not just talent acquisition; it's recruitment agencies. It's you can get a few HRs in there as well. It's it's a good meetup. I really enjoy it, and it's great for networking. And it's happening across Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide. It's all it's they're all getting yeah, bigger. Yeah, got and Auckland stronger. and Wellington as yeah. well. So they I can't not get behind the local rec meetups more. Yeah, no, they're yeah. great. But Speaking of them in our events, um, Auckland put out a save the date for the 29th of February for their rec meetup. So register. Oh, I know. Get on the meetup website and register and your interest and join their group so you keep abreast Sorry, of what is going on over there at the Auckland meetup, a great meetup that at some stage this year, Craig and I are going to go to Auckland. Yeah, we'll swim over. 
we are. Oh, mm. we'll get a boat. We'll get a boat. <laughs> And then the other one I've got is the Sydney Rec Meetup have also earmarked the 29th of February for theirs. Um, get on the Meetup site for the details and register, and I'm sure that all these will be pushed out on our socials as well at some stage over the month of Feb. Brilliant. And I've got two quick ones. So just a couple of days ago, Recfest Nashville was announced, the dates, <gasps> 12th and 13th of September, and there's already almost 1,000 pre tickets sold to that event. So um, wow. it's going to do really well. Jamie and the crew do an amazing event. Oh. We, we haven't made it to the US one, but we're... Well, we're contemplating Ooh. it. We're, we've been looking at flights today. Yes. Um, we're having a bit of a, right, we've got to make some more money to go because we're both <laughs> I know, <broke>. right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, yeah, we're, we're toying with the idea that we might. So we'll see fun. how it goes. Yeah, we'd we love to get We might make it there. to the US. Um, and the other one I've got is ITAS 2024, and we're going to be no doubt drip-feeding you all sorts of information oh. moving forward. But we are going to be announcing judges in the next couple of weeks, so you will we know are. who the people are making the big decisions this year. We are going to be announcing them. So this is really exciting. So I'm not sure if they're going to take bribes, but. Mm, you can always try. Yeah, give it a crack. Give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm always open up for bribery. Mm. <laughs> so I think that's it for me. And a bit from me this week. So. All right. So party peeps, have a great time out there in our TA world and we'll catch you next week on The Scoop. See you guys. See you guys. <laughs>